Welcome to the Worthy Woman Code Podcast, a movement for creative leaders and entrepreneurs who are forging a new path. When we reconnect to our true voice and creative genius, we unlock our unique code to discover our worth. I'm your host, Tara Kinden, and I'm on an ambitious mission to guide 1 million women to their deepest selves to honor their worth so they can change the world. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Worthy Woman Code podcast. Today, I am bringing you a sister session, someone so exciting and totally in alignment with our mission and purpose for this podcast. It is Miss Nancy Levine, and she wrote this book called Worthy. A couple years back, she's written two books since then, but this book here I think speaks to our audience on such a deep level. So I'm talking to her about specifically this book and self-worth improvement, ways to improve your self-worth. I think she gives us such wonderful information and feedback and really gives some practical strategies and tools. So let me introduce Ms. Nancy Levine to you. She is a best-selling author of so many books. I'm going to read you all of them. So it's the, the latest one is actually Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Um, she has Jump and Your Life Will Appear, Worthy, which is this one, Boost Your Self-Worth to Grow Your Net Worth, Writing for My Life, and Permission to Put Yourself First. So she's also a master coach and the creator of the Levine Life Coach Academy trainings and certification program, as well as many in-depth coaching programs guiding clients to make themselves a priority and to set some boundaries that actually stick. So she really prides herself on helping overachieving people pleasers set boundaries that actually stick. So she used to be the event director for Hay House from 2002 to 2014, and then she boldly stepped out on her own, and we talk about that in the podcast. So I know you're going to love it because I had so much fun interviewing her for this or just having a conversation. It was really beautiful and such a lovely experience. So I hope you enjoyed as much as we did making it. Without further ado, here's that interview. So welcome, Nancy. I am... Just so grateful that you're here and excited to chat with you today. Me too. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what inspired you to write Worthy, which of course we'll talk about. This is a, a, an older book for you because you've written two since this book. But for my audience, I feel like it's super appropriate. And it is, I mean, it is a book that really is very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and came really came out of my own personal experience of recognizing that a pivotal a pivotal moment in my own life had me wake up to the realization that the fact that i wasn't valuing my own worth was actually a hindrance to all that was possible for me to have in my life so the subtitle to the book Worthy is Boost Your Self-Worth to Grow Your Net Worth. Mm -hmm. And yes, of course, net worth is about money, but it's about so much more. It's about energy and power and empowerment and the way we inhabit our own lives. And because I have been historically a people pleaser, a peacekeeper, a conflict avoider, 
a not rock the boater, rescuer, fixer, saver, all the things. I was constantly abandoning myself for the sake of someone else. Mm -hmm. And for my 18 year marriage, I was really suppressing all my own wants and needs to fulfill all of his. And I was devaluing my own worth in order to pump him up. And there was the moment, and I speak about it very openly in Worthy, the moment of my divorce mediation, where I didn't realize that I could say no. And so I ended up saying yes to a, a whole laundry list of things that I would be responsible to him for, including absorbing his debt, including giving him a property that I paid, that I bought and paid for, you know, including giving him material objects that were mine. I essentially signed, uh, signed away the right to all of these things. And that moment was the moment in time in hindsight, because, you know, the beauty of this is it's a catch 22. Yeah. I couldn't have really known my worthiness unless I was able to reflect back on the moment when I, when I was unable to stand in it. And gave it all away. Now, my question to you is this, because for some reason within me, I feel like when we talk about, you know, net worth equaling your self-worth, it makes me so uncomfortable because I think like, how can someone who looks at their net worth right now, who there's not nothing in there, right? Because th there's nothing in there. And so there's a direct connection. Like, you know, this is how you're presenting it. So I'm like, tell me, you know, the spiritual side of that, because, you know, when you're looking at it and you don't have that solid foundation of self and there's this negative feeling that comes up energetically around looking at that, how from that low vibe place can you then create the worth so, that you want? Right. So, so here's, Here's where it really is, here's the origin point, that when we think we aren't enough or not good enough, we also think there isn't enough. Mm. And so that's where the correlation begins. And we think there isn't enough money, love, joy, happiness. We think we're not worthy and deserving of good because we feel that we are not good enough. So that's the place that we need to begin. And so we need to actually be able to unpack the beliefs that have been embedded and instilled in us over time that have us in this mindset, because a belief is not a fact. Right. And yet, so many of us relate to our beliefs as if they are facts, but really a belief is simply a long held idea about the way the world works and our role within it. And how do you help somebody unpack that? Because that's like the hardest part. Yeah. So, so we have to first be able to identify what is the belief that's at the root of everything that we've been experiencing and magnetizing toward us. Mm -hmm. Because here's what I'll say about beliefs as well. They are magnetic. 
100%. So what we what we believe is what we will end up drawing toward us, mm-hmm. and and we will draw toward us relationships, circumstances, situations that reinforce and corroborate what we believe about ourselves because we have it backwards. We think someone or something outside of us is going to have us believe something different about ourselves. Right. Truth is, it's an inside job. So we first have to go through a process of being able to uncover. What is the belief that was imprinted and embedded in us at an early age? These are really called shadow beliefs. They're, mm-hmm. they're embedded in the shadows of our unconscious. These are the conclusions that we drew about ourselves at an early age when significant events occurred. And we were really too young to digest and process what was happening. So we just started opinion. making... Right, exactly. So we just started drawing a conclusion about ourselves and the way the world works, essentially. So shadow beliefs sound like I'm not lovable. Mm-hmm. I'm, there must be something wrong with me. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And really at, all, at the base root of all of the shadow beliefs is I'm not worthy. Right. I'm not worthy of whatever it might be. I'm not worthy. And so what happens is we kick into this mode of believing that we have to now go out and earn and prove our worth. Mm-hmm. Which would you say, because you were making good money, like you were, you were the breadwinner in your family. Yet it was. You were like giving it away because you didn't believe, you know, in, in your worth at that time until you realized that that was what was happening. So. I mean, your situation is completely different from so many other people's situations, but it's the same idea that your subconscious belief was that you at, you know, your core level, you didn't feel worthy enough, right? I didn't feel worthy enough. And I also, absolutely, I didn't feel worthy enough. And I also felt like I had to literally buy love. Mm. And I had to, I literally had to do things that would ensure that someone would that someone would stay with me right so when you're you know cuz you do a lot of private coaching with people as I well do. right and the work is probably mainly in discovering and uncovering what is that subconscious belief they're holding on to cuz do you find that people think it's something and then it's not actually what they think it is or do they know I think, you know, we go, we go through an unpacking process where we're able to actually uncover and unconceal what the belief is. And because it's from so long ago, what happens is most people don't think that it's still there. And Mm. then what happens They've worked on it? They've either worked on it. Yes. They've either worked on it or, or they don't recognize that it's something that is actually connecting the dots throughout their lives. Mm. So that's a lot of the work that I do with clients is helping them see the belief, see, connect the dots throughout life. We can go back in and as the adult self, we can create a new belief, but then the new belief has to actually be backed up with action because everything is going to come down to choice and action. So it's not it's not as simple as just naming a new belief. I am lovable. Right. 
that has to be the way that we have to cultivate it is by making different choices in our lives and taking action to actually have that be blooming within us. And I guess, you know, when you find yourself even now, cause it's, it's a, it's a practice, right? Mm-hmm. So if you find yourself being pulled out of your value, what's the fastest trick you have for yourself to pull you back in? The, the quickest trick, honestly, is to come back to me as opposed to putting my attention outward. So mm-hmm. coming, coming into myself of either some version of what do I need? What do I want? What do I think? Because a lot of the conversation of value and worth is because we're other referenced. We're seeking external validation and approval. And we're essentially packaging ourselves to be digestible to someone else. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the way that we, it's the way that we uh, get tuned to be something for someone else. And so we actually lose elements of ourselves along the way. I often will tell my coaching clients who are dating, for example, for the first time, go on your first date as you. Yeah. (laughs) Go on your first date as you. You decide if you want to see the other person again. Yeah. You decide if that person resonates with you. You decide if you want that person in your life. Most of us go into scenarios like that wanting to be picked and chosen instead of realizing we pick and choose. Yes. So we're in, listen to this, right. and hear that. <laughs> Great. Excellent. You know, we go in with like, I'm going to pretzel myself to have the other person choose me. What if we actually go in and this is not just a dating scenario. I'm just, using I'm just like, I'm example. getting like the buzzing in my ear because like every time that's like a, you know, a good, it's almost mm-hmm. like that intuitive. Oh yeah. Like we all need to know this no matter what. Right. So it's, you know, we have to be able to learn how to come back and locate ourselves. So the quickest way to get out of that feeling of the unworthiness Mm -hmm. is to actually consider our wants, our needs, desires, and what are the choices and self-honoring actions that we can make in the moment to move ourselves forward instead of thinking that someone else outside of us is going to meet our needs. Totally. So good. The, um, the one question I have for you too right now, because of the sort of the ebb and flow of where we are and the anxiety and the fears around, you know, money and how some people's lives really haven't changed that much other than the isolation and being disconnected from people financially, but are finding with everything being shaken up right now, to me, I call it like you got, we all got downloaded with new software. Like our iPhones just got a new update and our, our human body just got this update and nobody knows how to use this. Like your apps just got all skewed. So how in this time are you, you know, helping people or you're doing a lot of community work. I can see you have like your private Facebook group to bring people together. Maybe just tell is maybe that's what the answer is, but what do you think people need right now to feel worthy in this very uncomfortable situation? So I think that what's happening right now is actually illuminating changes that we've wanted to make in our lives 
that we've been, that we haven't been confident or courageous enough to make. Mm -hmm. So in other words, there's something happening right now where our desires are getting amplified Mm, because we didn't take care of ourselves in the past. And so there's truth that's bubbling up that for most of our lives, we've probably been pushing down. We've not been paying attention to. But I think that there's something in this moment here that is giving us, that's, you know, it's two things. One is it's sort of giving us a hall pass to go inward. Yeah. And it's also giving us some training wheels to express ourselves in a new way. So, you know, my most recent book is on boundaries. Setting boundaries will set you free. And what I'm hearing from clients right now and friends and family is I feel like I can say no and set boundaries more easily now because it's kind of like this time has given me the hall pass to, to do that. Hall pass is such a good visual. Yeah. So it's like we got the hall pass and then we get to have the training wheels right now to practice with so that when we are on the other side of this, we'll feel more confident in our no's and our yeses. We'll feel more confident in what works for us and what doesn't work for us. But there's something about this time that's helping us get more crystallized and actually get more confident. And would you say that it's really more people who are, who were slightly more awake before who are recognizing this than those who've just been kind of going along with the path? Or do you think everyone is feeling this way? I can't speak to everyone. I know. (laughs) And and I would say that for the most part, I'm in contact and connection with people who are on the path in some regard. Yeah. I think that it's also a confronting time if you haven't really been with yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, for, for anyone who it's really new to have to have some downtime or to have things slow down or to have things a bit quieter, you know, it's so natural to reach for our avoidance strategies, reach for the glass of wine or the food or Netflix or work or whatever it might be. But really, I think the invitation here is to, is to stop the reaching and to stop the doing and to, and to be, to be with the being of what this time is affording us, whether we're, you know, no matter what it looks like in terms of the way life feels upside down, you know, Mm -hmm. for me, my daily life, oddly enough, hasn't changed that much. I live by myself. I work online. The biggest difference for me is that I'm not getting on an airplane. I'm not used to being home this much. (laughs) You know, I'm used to being on a plane. I'm used to teaching. I'm used to being, you know, or being with my family or whatever it might be. Whereas my sister, you know, has her whole world, you know, her husband's working from home now, her daughter's home from college, her son's home from high school. You know, she's cooking three meals a day for four people. She's like, I've never worked more in my life, but she's still finding the time to meditate every morning. She's still taking the dog out for, you know, for their long walks. You know, she's still doing the things that keep her sane. I'm still doing the things that keep me sane, even though we have very different 
Yeah. Even though what's happening right now is impacting each of us so differently. Well, this is where I am going back to like, I think it's the people that do have some type of spiritual practice who it's like, they, they've been in training for this. Like, exactly. those of practice, like we've been in training for exactly. like, this is our moment. <laughs> exactly. All, everything we've been doing has prepared us for right now. For right now. Absolutely. So I feel like the people who haven't done any of that, n- none of the work, right? They must be freaking out right now. So what would be like a great piece of information for someone who, is brand brand new and is feeling all the feels and is wondering like, whoa, how do I stop my world from spinning just a little bit? Yeah. So I would say three things. One is really set a boundary around intake. So whether it's a boundary around news, social media, uh, what, what friends and family might be sending, set a boundary around what you're willing to intake, what your capacity is for intake. That's, that's one. The second one is I would honestly encourage anyone who is really starting out new here to incorporate, even if it's five minutes of being able to sit in silence and breathe. Yeah. Don't even call it formal meditation to just be able to set a timer on your phone for five minutes, close your eyes and just sit and breathe and just see what happens. And it's not even about anything happening. What you'll likely realize is you might want more time. Yeah. And that, that would, you know, that's what I would say too. And the other is, you know, to be able to, really, and you can do this in your journal or just do this. I will often do this first thing when I wake up in the morning before my feet even hit the floor. Really ask myself these two questions. What is the most self-loving action I can take today? And what is the most self-honoring choice I can make today? Mm, I love these. These are so juicy. So good. Again, it's how do we bring the attention here when most, when most of our attention has been out there, because the bottom line is everything we're seeking externally needs to be resolved internally first. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to bring our attention back to ourselves, how to actually locate ourselves, find ourselves in, in all of this. Yeah. Which is not that easy. It's not that easy, but you know what? It's a, it's a practice and it's possible. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I speak a lot about this whole idea of, you know, permission to put yourself first and really giving yourself permission to make your life a priority and make your life the center of your own life. And I will inevitably have someone say to me, well, isn't that selfish? And I will say, you know, I believe selfish, self-care, and self-love are three sisters whose job <laughs> it is to support you in honoring yourself. And I will even reference back to the age-old, to the to the age-old oxygen mask. You know, yeah. uh-huh. we yes. need we need to be able to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first before we can help someone else. Definitely. And so that's part of all of this. The invitation here is really 
on, on, on phase one, the invitation is, are you willing to give yourself permission to consider yourself and your own needs at least as much as you consider everyone else? At least as much. Do you find though moms have such a yes, hard I do. time with this? I do. Yeah. I do. What would you tell the mamas? Yeah, I tell I tell, I tell I tell I tell the I tell the mama the same thing as I tell anyone. Yeah. Because you're ultimately not you're you it's an illusion that to be a good mother, you have to abandon yourself. Oh yeah. I Because you're teaching your children to do the same. Your children are going to model you. Your children are going to model you. I know, I know a lot of moms during this quarantine right now who've invited their children into their meditation. Yes. Let's come meditate with me. Teaching their children how to journal. Teaching their children how to have quiet time. Teaching their children about what it is to actually be with yourself instead of feel like you need to fill the time and space with something else to avoid being with yourself. Powerful. That to me is a great value. Um, it's of the best value you could be giving them right now. I agree. So on your journey from writing worthy to now having written two more books, mm -hmm. you know, what is your personal journey look like bringing you to where you are right now? Like, you know, do you see a theme? Do you see how things are sort of have brought you going through, you know, really discovering your own worth has brought you to where you are today to deliver the new content you're delivering? Absolutely. I mean, when I wrote, when I wrote Worthy, it was, it was sh shortly after I left my job at Hay House. So I was the event director at Hay House for 12 years and leaving that job was a great step into my own spotlight, into my own worthiness. Yeah. You know, I had been behind the scenes really putting everyone else out on stage. And so this was really me claiming my space center stage. I'm coming so, up. Totally. <laughs> you know, so worthy was, worthy was the, was really um, documenting that particular journey for me. Yeah. And, you know, going from, Leaving, you know, leaving a uh, high-paying, high-profile corporate job where, you know, I had, security. it was really my dream job and I had a lot of security, um, leaving that to go out on my own to, you know, go out and be, be a coach. Talk about worth. An author, talk about worth. Ultimately, you know, in the last few years since Worthy came out in 2016, uh, my next book came out in 2018, Permission to Put Yourself First. It was previously called The New Relationship Blueprint. Then the paperback came out with the name Permission to Put Yourself First. And then just in January, my fifth book came out, which is called uh, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. So boundaries has been the theme all the way back to my, you know, all the way back to my earlier books even. Boundaries have absolutely been the theme. Putting myself first has been the theme, all in relationship to the way in which I abandoned myself all throughout my life until my mid 40s, really. I didn't yeah. set a boundary until my mid 40s. I didn't even know what a boundary was. Most of us don't. Most of us have no idea 
yeah. about that. But we have to first know our worth before we can set the boundary. Yeah. Because really boundaries are simply our own limits around what we will or will not do, tolerate, or accept. So our boundaries are what's okay and not okay for us. And in order to know that, we actually have to stand in our own worth and value around what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, definitely. And right now, what would you say is the, the most common piece of advice you're giving out these days? I think two things. One is this piece around really being able to locate yourself in all of this, in all the noise. Yeah. In all the noise of the media, in all the noise of the fear or the worry or the anxiety, um, in all of it, just being able to come back and find a way to actually locate locate yourself, whether it's meditation, journaling. For me, it's also hiking. Mm -hmm. You know, another thing I do is I go to sleep with my phone in airplane mode so I don't wake up to notifications and I don't put my phone back into Wi-Fi until I'm ready to deal with the world. That is a game changer for me as well. Mm -hmm. So finding for yourself, what are the rituals? What are the practices that actually have you feel good, that calm your nervous system? There are things we can do on our own. And that's what's really important because most of the people who relate to what we're talking about, another piece of this is codependency. Right. We're used to wanting someone outside of us to regulate us emotionally. So part of this as well is the invitation to discover how do I regulate myself emotionally? What can I do? What are the simple practices on a daily basis I can do to return to myself and actually be able to calm my nervous system? So, so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just know that my audience is absolutely going to love you, to love this because you know, worth is a really big part of our ability to step forward. And I really felt like this was the year that this needed to be very much talked about. Um, at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, this seems like we're going to need this this year. And now I'm like, yep, we were right. Like <laughs> This was correct. So is there anything else you feel like people just need to be aware of or, you know, really need to know right now? As part of this worth conversation, the, a really important piece is actually opening ourselves up to, to receiving, opening ourselves up to having. So those of us historically who have a lot of trouble stepping into our worth also identify on some level as independent, self-sufficient, having no needs, disowning qualities such as needy, disowning certain elements so that we don't actually let people help us. Mm. So part of the conversation of our worth and our value is also about allowing people to support us, asking for what we need. Asking for help does not mean that we're weak. Right. Asking for help means that we're willing to build on the strength and wisdom of the people who are creating a scaffolding around us. And that we can really open ourselves up to receiving on the grandest level. Because when we're overgiving, which is really what happens, mm-hmm. we're, we're, 
because we don't feel worthy, because we don't feel valued, we go out to earn and prove our worth. We hitch our worthiness to someone else's wagon and we, we start overgiving, overdoing, overachieving to try to get that gold star. Right. And you and talk about that in the book. I talk about it quite a bit. Yeah. And really no amount of gold stars will ever fill the void that we're feeling within. But we have to open ourselves up to receiving because mm -hmm. if we're just giving, yeah. we're going to eventually be giving from an empty well. So we want to actually open ourselves up to being able to be receptive. Part of this also ties into the fact that many of us operate from a place where we think that life is a zero-sum game. So we think if we have, someone else is going without. Oh, I see. Or okay. if someone else has, we must go without. Hmm. So we have to actually see that there is enough. So this comes back to sort of the overarching premise of, you know, if we believe we are enough, we also end up believing that there is enough instead of thinking that we are being deprived or restricted or restrained or constrained. We can feel expansive. You know, for you, in order for you to shift your mindset into more expanse, what would you say was the biggest tool you used or like, what was your favorite book? I'll tell you. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I can say my favorite book, but I was going to say a tool I used and it's in Worthy, which okay. is, and there's an exercise in there called 50 Desires. Okay. And, and it literally came out of my own experience of leaving my marriage and because of the nature of my, of my marriage, where I was in a very controlled environment, my ex-husband literally decided what I wore, what I ate, how I moved my body. And I found myself on my own, really out of touch with wanting, really out of touch with even wanting because I really hadn't had much of a say in my mm -hmm. marriage. So every time I noticed a desire bubble up, I wrote it down. Amazing. So I have created really an incredible, if I may say, exercise around 50 desires. It's deeper than just writing down the desires. There are other, there are other components to the exercise, yeah. but it is, it is what shifted my mindset for me. And did you, you mentioned a book as well that you read that gave you some expanse? Oh my God. I mean, I could name, I could name. What's your favorite? <laughs> Just your favorite. Or like a million books forward. You know what? Actually one I'm reading one right now that I'm almost finished with and it's out right now. So people can go grab it and it's brilliant is Glennon Doyle Untamed. Okay. So yes, you are like the fifth person to mention that book to me. So I'm like, Hmm, everyone including myself, we'll be getting that book. Yeah. I uh, recommend. Yeah. Cause there's just so many different elements about the control piece and releasing and becoming yep. fearless yep. in all aspects. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure you've had so, because you're such a, an amazing coach and people are coming to you at, on so many different levels, you know, when we talked in the beginning about your net worth equaling your self-worth, when you had people that came through to you who weren't in the same situation you were in, they were in a situation where they had like nothing. How did they, how were they able to see things differently? Like what 
do you think was the biggest pivot for them to see more possibility or to see more for themselves than they had ever been able to do before? I think it's this combination of beliefs, looking at your underlying commitments, which is something we haven't talked about here, but really looking at the fact that if, if there's a discrepancy between what you say you want and what you're actually experiencing, there's an old outdated commitment from childhood that's mm -hmm. in the mix. So there are ways in which we sabotage ourselves right. based on those old commitments to stay invisible, to stay silent, to stay small, to not be as successful as my father, to, you know, whatever it might be, some way in which we're not conscious of the way we're holding ourselves back. Right. Because it's the, what kept us safe as a child. Hmm. So there are seeds of self-sabotage in the very thing that kept us safe in childhood. So the belief and then this, you know, subconscious Under, mm -hmm. underlying. Mm -hmm. Underlying commitment. Okay. Right. Looking at the excuses we make, looking at the ways in which we are operating from a place of hiding out around certain parts of ourselves. So this is the way that I talk about our, our disowned qualities. So as humans, we possess every quality that we can see in another person. We possess every quality right. yes. and we will disown certain qualities. So for me, a big one was we disown, I would say dark qualities and light qualities. Okay. So we disown. So for a long time, I disowned lazy. I'm not lazy. Right. Or I'm not needy or I'm not selfish. These are the things we don't want to be called. Right. And then what happens is we overcompensate for the existence of those qualities. So for selfish, for example, we go to selfless and in selfless, we've disappeared. <laughs> right. Right. So we will overcompensate for these qualities so that no one can see them. Uh-huh. So for lazy, we'll overcompensate with overachiever, for example. Right. Right? Yeah. But the goal is to actually find the existence of the quality within us. Find, find the existence of that quality. And like the middle ground. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and then the same with the, with the so-called so light qualities. Mm -hmm. We we can see someone else and admire, we can admire their creativity or their generosity or their uh, compassion, whatever it might be. We, we'll, we'll see someone else and admire a quality in them and think that it doesn't exist within us. Mm. But if we can see it, it does. Right. So then it's, what do we do to cultivate the, what do we do to cultivate that compassion or that creativity? What do we do to cultivate the quality? It's like an invitation. So it is an invitation. So all of the, these are all sort of the pieces of the way that we reclaim ourselves, mm. that we, you know, that we come back to wholeness so that we're not giving pieces of ourselves away. All the time. All the time. Genius. I love all of this. So I know we're coming close to the end of the time because I didn't want to take up all of your time today, but I do want to just ask you if 
you know, intuitively, if you feel like there's anything else you want to share with us, where you're going, where you're headed, <laughs> whatever you just feel like women who are really unlocking, you know, their worth and, mm -hmm. and really discovering who they are, if there's just something about that. You yeah. You know, what comes to mind for me is, is going to sound counterintuitive. Perfect. Because I actually think that this is more about slowing down than ramping up. Yes. And I think this is more about streamlining than anything else. For those of us who have for decades attached our worth and value to what we do achieve and produce, mm -hmm. the invitation here is really to slow down and see what brings us joy. Where are we where do we feel connected? Because that's where we're going to be able to make the most difference. And you mean by connected, connected to self. Connected to self. And where are, and where are we feeling and what are we feeling called to? So connected to self. And then what are we actually feeling called to instead of the I should do this or I should do that? So Nancy, where mm -hmm. are you feeling called to next? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I've really streamlined things in my life and in my business. My biggest passion right now is my life coach training and certification program that I launched in the fall of last year. And I'll be launching again in the fall of this year. Amazing. And my, it, that is really my biggest passion. I want to help other people be able to be able to flourish in this incredible career yeah. And while helping other people discover themselves. And, you know, because I'm sure you're an amazing mentor. Have you had a mentor? Have I have had, had many mentors. Yeah. So my, I would say my, my, my three top mentors, Debbie Ford, who is, uh, she's no longer with us. Actually, all my men, none of my mentors are, are with us on the physical plane. So Debbie was, um, brilliant coach. I did my, my life coach training certification with her and her book, Dark Side of the Life Ch Light Chasers oh. is brilliant. Dark Side of the Light Chasers. I would also say my other mentors are none other than Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. What an experience you must have had working at Hay House and I now did. just flourishing in your own worthiness and what you're creating for so many other people too. So we'll link um, your website and you. anything else you send me that you want Thank to link. You. And guys, you've got to have this book. I know it's really bright and you can't see it, but <laughs> this is a, just such a beautiful book for really the self-discovery piece around worth. I really felt like it was kind of the gateway. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So I thank you so, so much. I mean, seriously, was that awesome or was that awesome? I feel like she gave us so much information packed in that short amount of time that will last a lifetime if you implement even just a couple of the ideas she shared. Like, especially during the time we're in right now where things do feel so ungrounded and a little bit shaky. It's like, how do you come back to yourself to nurture love and support, you know, your own self to develop your self-worth in this time? Because then when we come out of this cocoon, 
you're just gonna have an even more solid foundation and this unshakable belief in yourself. So thank you so much to Nancy for sharing your wisdom. All of her social links will be um, put below in the details, as well as her website and just some of the beautiful offerings that she has available for you right now. So thanks so much for listening, everyone.